many step into the ring, but only one can come out alive. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Justin Grosvenor, and welcome to In This Corner. Hello and welcome to In This Corner, the show where me and a couple of my buddies get together and discuss many different topics. Today we're going to be talking about the Nintendo 64 and which game is the best. Now, I am Justin Grosvenor, and with me I got a couple of my friends. We're gonna I'm, I'm gonna give them the chance to introduce themselves. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Daniel Sare. I am a good friend of Justin's, <laughs> almost related, not quite though. We'll, Don't we'll, confuse people, Daniel. I won't. I'll try not to. But yeah. Nice. I am William Sare. I'm the older brother to this little munchkin on my right, who is already trying to derail us, and we haven't even started yet. <laughs> and again, I have known Justin for his entire life, yes, and uh, I was best friends with his older brother. Uh, was also in his older brother's wedding. Yeah. So that's my connection there. Nice. I'm Quinn Grosvenor, and I'm Justin's brother. Nice. Solid. <laughs> I'm Nathan Grosvenor. I'm Justin's older twin. Shut up. <laughs> you don't have to do that right. Like, no one knows that. And but, no but one needs to know that. We got to know how, how, how much old. Yeah. How much oh, one old. minute. Exactly. One minute. And he won't exactly. Yep. Yeah, that is a very critical minute. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. I don't remember those things. It's the minute annoying. that Justin will never forget. <laughs> well, I don't remember it at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well done, guys. That's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Now, today, we are going to be talking about the Nintendo 64 and its many different games. We are all gamers here. We grew up with uh, many different uh, games in our lives. And Nintendo 64, I would argue, is one of the most recognizable game consoles ever. And it's one that the Grosvenor household uh, was really into for a long time. And I know you guys have played it, too. And I just wanted to start off by talking a little bit about the Nintendo 64. It was originally released in Japan in 1996, and later it was released in September of the same year in the U.S. It has nearly 400 games in all. Uh, I believe the number is 394 games in all. So it's got a crazy uh, catalog of games. Mm -hmm. It sold nearly 33 million units before it was discontinued in 2002 with the release of the Nintendo GameCube. It helped launch several game franchises. As I said, it's one of the most recognizable uh, home consoles ever. And it did two things that revolutionized the industry of gaming, and that was uh, 3D gameplay and multiplayer. It revolutionized both of those, both of those uh, things. And so that's a little bit about the system, and we're going to talk about the many different games of the system and which one we think is the best. Now I want to open the floor to you guys and just name a couple of games from the system that you would like to discuss today as we look over the best of the best. So um, this one isn't actually unique to the N64. It was carted over from arcades, but Star Wars Rogue Squadron. Oh, of course. Uh, Daniel is a huge Star Wars nerd. Yes, actually, this is true. Unashamedly. Oh, of course. Of course. We've had like two-hour conversations about Star Wars. Like, oh, yeah. Almost every single time we've hung I out. I rewrote the Star Wars Force Awakens script. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask from me? Yeah. Um, a lot. Yeah. So Star Wars Rogue Squadron <laughs> was released in 1998 and was carted over. It was originally an arcade game, but once, you know, consoles started becoming more popular with, you know, Sega and you know nintendo and stuff like that 
it was carted over to consoles and actually wasn't it was a flight simulator it was a combat flight simulator um and actually wasn't the first there were a couple that was that were made before it but this one was specifically made for arcades and wasn't your typical joystick uh flight simulator shooter kind of thing okay um it was carted over to n64 and actually became wildly popular and is one of the most loved star wars games in like the star wars community like it's <laughs> if if you grew up in that area you knew what that was and you played it a lot it's an original it is an original yeah mm-hmm. all right cool any other games off the top of your head well i'd like to start with uh a multiplayer game because i love playing multiplayer and it's a classic Mario Party, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't ever beat Mario Party. <laughs> that actually that leads to a uh, question. There are three Mario Party games on the Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, is one better than the rest? I would say so. I mean, for me, I'd say the third one is probably the best. I mean, it's just the one I enjoy playing the most. It's the one I played the most. The first and the second, they're good. You know, I had a lot of fun playing them too. But for the the third one, I'm not sure exactly what it was. The mini games, maybe the maps you played. It had a lot of really great mini games. But just by playing it more than the other two, that one became my favorite. Yeah. Of all of them, for sure. All three are like really like all three of them are really good. I would argue that Mario Party One is the least uh, polished. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, I can uh, agree with that. Sense. Yeah, it makes sense because it was the first game, but also. The Nintendo 64 had a very odd controller. Yeah. Uh, it was a Triton, more or less, whereas others were just the two handles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for Mario Party 1, there were so many minigames where you had to put your hand onto the joystick and, like, rotate it super quickly, and that actually broke a lot of controllers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and they and it, people complained about it so much that for Mario Party 2 and 3, they got rid of any minigames like that so that people <laughs> weren't breaking any of their hardware. Which... I mean, I don't know. They could have made a lot of money if they just kept those in and made those games more prevalent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because people would have been forced to buy so many remotes. I think people would have been rather upset and Uh, probably would have boycotted the system (laughs) pretty quick or just not gotten the games. To be fair, the the stick controller on a remote, that was was, uh, groundbreaking for back then. Because no, like, I mean, they, they were pioneering. I mean... The, the controller was bizarre. Yes. I mean, I could understand aspects of it because one of the unique things about the N64 was the ability to plug in an adapter so you could play Game Boy games. And so by having that split, that three-way controller, you could have games that were tailored towards an N64 or the actual the Game Boy games, which use a D-pad instead of I a I forgot stick. about that. Yeah, well, yes. and, and it was a kind of a random thing. And I remember... I remember the first time I picked up one of those remotes, and I was just like, "What? <laughs> How do I hold this? What is this thing?" And and I, I see everyone holding on to the middle, holding on to the middle and the right hand side, and I was like, "Why? What about what's wrong with the left hand side?" And I just I just didn't get it at the time. Yeah. But yeah, the control stick was brand new. It was. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, not only did they have a brand new technology that they hadn't perfected yet, they then introduce a game that destroys it, and yes. it's just like, well, what are you going to do in that situation? You got to. You, and they did learn the from their mistakes because, oh, like sure. I said, from after Mario Party One, they did take out any mini games like that for mm-hmm. the other two Mario Parties. Oh yeah, and I would I would argue against three being the best one. I would probably say two is the best one. 
because of the simple fact that the Mario characters cosplay when they go to the different boards. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which I that's, find it is pretty super awesome. cool. Yeah, it is pretty awesome. I, I must admit, the first time I ever played was of Mario Party was like six months ago here on the Switch. That's <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever, ever played a Mario Party game. I knew what they were. Uh, I, I remember watching my brother play it when he was here a couple times, but I never played any of them because... I didn't like it. <laughs> well, I, I can tell Luigi. you the old ones, one, two, and three, are they're the best. They're better than they're, the ones that are made one, today. One, two, and three I are much better than the newer ones. The 64 was the best system for Mario Party games. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. And it, like Nathan pointed out, it did revolutionize, like I said <clears throat> earlier, the N64 revolutionized multiplayer, and Mario Party was one of those. It was a party game. It has mm -hmm. party yeah. in the name. Yeah. Uh, the Nintendo 64 was the very first home console to allow four people to play at the same time mm -hmm. and that was huge before it was yeah. always just two so it was you and your one buddy but especially now, with family like like either of our families yeah. we got... come from very large families yeah. yeah 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 and it's not like a it's a crazy hard game where only certain people yeah. can play it you know oh, yeah. anyone so can play anyone it. can get into mario Party. Yeah. so mm -hmm. as long as you invest like maybe five minutes of time reading me like maybe reading the instructions or, or 10 or, minutes of time being absolutely slaughtered by older siblings in whatever <laughs> game they're playing. Yeah. This is true. You gotta learn fast or else you're, you're gone. It yeah, <laughs> just true. doesn't work otherwise. But the Mario so Party true. series, like, it, now it's a staple. Like, they've mm -hmm. made, I yeah. believe, like, over, at least over, like, 12 games in the Mario Party series. Yeah. And that's, and I know that uh, there are some for like the DS that I'm not thinking of at the moment, but they are so many in that series and it started on the 64 and they have so many uh, great boards and mini games from Mario Party 3. You got, uh, you have Aces High or yeah. Cheap Cheap Chase, Toadstool Titan, Snowball Summit where you push the snowballs and they get bigger mm. and you knock your uh, opponents off the hill. They, they have great games uh, in Mario Party 3 and Mario Party 2. There's abandoned ship or sneak and snore when you're hiding in the barrel from the chain and, chomp. and the chain chomps yeah. sleeping and you have to sneak by and, and avoid waking it up. They have so many great mini games. And let me ask you this while we're talking about Mario Party. Is the draw of Mario Party the boards or the mini games? I would say the mini games yeah. because honestly that just fills up more time than the the map play. I would, I mean, I think that's also why I like the third one more because I think the maps were better and than the first and the second. So when you weren't playing any games, you were still having fun because there were so many random things to happen. Chance time, yeah. skeleton mm -hmm. keys. Yeah. yeah, I think there was just I mean, a little more RNG. And I like little RNG in games. That's the thing. A lot of people like complain about Mario Party for yeah, being unfair yeah. or too luck-based, but that's kind of the point. Anyone yeah. can come in and win Mario Party. It's not supposed oh, to I be Oh, I did fair. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember. I remember uh, one of the first times I played, and this was on the DS, actually, playing Mario Party, and it was one of those random situations where I landed on someone in a specific zone and got to select what I could steal from them. Nice. And I was able to get it where I ended up stealing all of their stars. Wow. <laughs> and I ended up, I think I ended up winning because they were in the lead and I just got a freak stroke of luck mm -hmm. and I stole everything. A roll of the mm -hmm. dice and everything it changed was. instantly. Was, yeah. But I, I think I would agree in, in, in saying that I think for the most part, I think it, I would agree with the mini games because you'll have 
one of the thing, nice things there is that you don't have to play an entire map. You can just sit down with a group of people and be like, hey, let's do this specific mini game. That's true yeah. because Mario Party is a lot of fun, but it's a commitment. It, yeah. You have to like set aside like, 30 to 40 minutes of your day in order to play a round of Mario Party. Like yeah. League of Legends, you have to yep. like set aside mm-hmm. time for yep. it. Whereas in the mini games, yep. you can just hop onto the game, play 10, 15 mini games, your favorite and then you're mini done. games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, it, honestly, if you get called off, but if you get called away by a parent or, or something comes up and yeah. you just pass your remote off, you're not as concerned about someone losing all your coins or stars or whatever mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you are. Board, yeah. whether or not you're going to dig deep enough in with with your mole in the mini game um i can't remember which mini game i'm thinking of but i but uh it, it's just i don't know it's just uh yeah. more light-hearted just hey let's just do this for a little bit i think any fan of mario party and i i haven't played enough to really have a very strong opinion of this but uh i've, I've seen enough gameplay to know the, the basic gist of stuff but like the maps are nice if they're you know fun maps if they're it's a if it's a fun intuitive map like oh it's different or it's you know it's just like the other one but a little better because there's more you know chance chance stuff right mm-hmm. um but the mini games really make or break i feel like this is the case for any game the mini games make or break the game it's less about the map and more about the experience you have right yeah. mm-hmm. so if the map is fine if you're traversing the level right or whatever map you're choosing and if it's terrible, or whatever. But it also is based on who you're playing with, right? That is true, because here's the thing. Mario Party has a single player. Mm. But it's so much worse <laughs> than playing with <laughs> other people. Because in single player, what it essentially is, is you just play through all the boards against AI players. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's just not as fun. No. It's, you're all by yourself. You don't have those same people like messing with you or yeah. that, mm-hmm. that banter you have when friends and uh-huh. family members are like, oh, you can't get there because you, you don't have enough uh, spaces. Like, It's so much less fun to play Mario Party by yourself than it is with a lot of people. Plus, yeah. it's a lot easier to, to I'll, I'll say, lose uh, when you are playing with people because, okay, when you lose against a computer, it is... It feels terrible. Yeah! You, it's yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> de- it's so <laughs> depressing versus when you lose against an actual person. Now, given you might have a feud with that person who, and you hate their guts. Yeah. In that case, nothing is makes you want to throw a remote worse than when you lose to them. Oh. Or if they land on you, steal all your stars. <laughs> but it is so much better when it's just like, no, no, no. Oh, you got me. Than when it's a, it's an AI. Yeah. Very true. Very true. While we're still talking about multiplayer, uh, let's transition from Mario Party and move to another genre of party game. The first person shooter with GoldenEye 007 for the Nintendo 64. Legendary. That is a oh, yeah. legendary game. It, it, and it is. It is a legendary game. It revolutionized uh, uh, first-person shooters on the console. I really didn't like console, it very much. But it, <laughs> but it has not aged well. <laughs> no, it has not. <laughs> that is so true. It, perhaps because so many, so many Nintendo 64 games, at least the really well-known and big ones, have less realistic characters like mario uh-huh. no one's gonna say he looks like a real person whereas james bond is yeah. meant to be a real person and it's based off the movie golden eye with pierce brosnan yeah. and so they had to try to make <laughs> these characters look real and Ugh. they did the best with what they could <laughs> but 
it doesn't look good nowadays. I don't no. know what you're talking about. They look so great. <laughs> no, 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 no. But but still, despite the game not I mean, aging I've well, I've never been more attracted to a to a female character from a video game <laughs> than Goldeneye. I mean, oh my word! I mean, stunning. Have you, stunning. Have you stunning. seen Have you seen those polygons? My my goodness! Oh, stop, man. stop, stop! No, 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 we don't need that. We don't need that. Despite the game not aging well, it did do a lot for the first-person shooter, especially on home consoles. Like, a lot of people compare, like, when they say, uh, when they're talking about old games and how they came about, they always point out Donkey Donkey Kong is what started Super Mario Brothers, the original on the the NES. Mm. Really, you could argue that GoldenEye started Halo. Yeah, first-person uh, shooters in general. I, yeah, would, I, mean, I would actually mm-hmm. agree with that. So Halo, Halo came out in two thousand and one and was advertised in E three at two thousand in two thousand and didn't actually end up coming out until two thousand and one. And it was, I would say, at least if you looked at the E three trailer um, from two thousand, it was I would say very influenced by Goldeneye. Um, and it, Goldeneye came out in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. So so this is this is a, this is a classic game like widely loved by the community. And you pretty much put a spin on it and make it more open world. Everybody's gonna love that, right? So I actually I 100% agree with like Goldeneye being like kind of like the father figure of like first person shooter multiplayer like genre. Mm-hmm. One of the weirdest thing, whole. yeah. One of the weirdest things about Goldeneye and what it did, it sure it it showed that a shooting game can work on a home console, mm-hmm. which is something yep. that no one thought was yeah. possible. But it also, it introduced the concept, I believe, of reloading your gun. And that sounds super trivial nowadays. That's true. But I believe Goldeneye was the first to do it. You could press a button and reload your gun, whereas before, you just shot until you were out. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's actually right. I never thought of that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's something that is so novel nowadays. I mean, even when uh, Unreal Tournament Game of the Year Edition came out, you never reloaded. No. It was like you picked you up ammo reloaded. and you fired until you were out. Mm-hmm. And that was, wow, I had never thought about that. It's it's crazy. Plus, GoldenEye is the only video game tie-in with a movie that mm-hmm. I have heard people praise. <laughs> I've never. Wow, I've, that's a thought. That's <laughs> true, though, right? Uh-huh. I've think... never heard anyone talk about, oh, that that uh, Toy Story sixty four game. It just was so <laughs> good, man. I've never heard that before. But Goldeneye is the only game based off a movie that I've heard people really talk about and are hey, like, hold up. A Bug's Life for the Game Boy was pretty good. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It really was not. I wouldn't know. <laughs> but GoldenEye, like like we said, it revolutionizes first-person shooters. Mm-hmm. It introduced the concept of reloading your gun, which is crazy. Uh, but again... It also didn't have sights. No, it didn't. Oh, I hate... That's the thing. I played that... That was one of those games where you, I, I would play that with either my my older brothers ben and luke and i'd get trounced every single time and it was just that was it one took of those games. time to get used to yeah mm-hmm. as a kid i hated it because my i essentially what would happen is i pick up a remote and die yeah and rinse repeat and and then but as, as i've gotten older it's like okay wow this game was groundbreaking on so many levels mm-hmm. i just never yeah. got a chance to actually survive long enough to experiment mm-hmm. with anything plus there is the fact that we grew up playing the, the Nintendo 64, but 
we also like we were at the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. And so we see the other games that are coming out that are honestly better than Goldeneye. Because mm-hmm. as we said before, it hasn't aged well. Nope. Yeah. It doesn't look very good anymore graphic wise. And the way you shoot is so much different than now for oh, first yeah. person shooters. They revolutionized FPSs, but before like what you did in Goldeneye is you had to like stop and like like press a button to move your gun in a direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't aim your entire body in a Were in the controls way. inverted for Goldeneye? I I'm not I sure. I think they were. I'm, um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I haven't played Goldeneye in a long time. Yeah, same. Which I think also uh, shows the way it has aged. Because there are a lot of 64 games where I will say, oh, I'm mm. so ready to go back and replay that. Yep. Oh, yeah. I've never really done that with Goldeneye, except for <laughs> nostalgia's sake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. despite how revolutionary it was, and it might be some people's favorite game in the world, and if so, I apologize. <laughs> but... I think you anyone can realize that compared to other games nowadays, it it's, doesn't really hold a candle to them. And although it did a lot for the genre, it just didn't age very well. Whereas mm-hmm. other 64 games almost are timeless. It yeah. didn't have that replay value. Yeah. It, it didn't. It's not like you would discover a new thing each time or a new trick or something like like a, a Mario Kart game where like the I mean, obviously, that's going to have a replay value because it has its its main focal point isn't the story; it's more the multiplayer, right? So, um, honestly, if you could describe, if you could compare it to like putting for uh, uh, constructing a building for the Nintendo universe, yeah. it was a good cornerstone, but then it got buried by everything else that went yep. on top of it. Yeah, exactly. and without that cornerstone, you don't get a lot of the other stuff. But it yeah. is thoroughly buried at this yeah. point it is an important game mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean it's a good game yeah in a way yeah. but you actually mentioned mario kart which is another multiplayer experience that yeah. a lot of people think very fondly of mm-hmm. and yeah. i would make the argument i i enjoyed mario kart very much mario kart 64 but i would argue that it is it is definitely not the best kart racer game on the system i would agree would that be fair I yeah mean, You've got what was it, Diddy Kong Racing? Diddy Kong Racing, Racing, I would argue, is probably the best, honestly. I actually never played that one. It's I, a lot of fun. I it, I think I played Mario Kart sixty four a couple of times, very few, but a couple of times. Mario Kart sixty four like is another game that hasn't exactly aged well. Yeah, the graphics are kind of odd. Plus, you can mm-hmm. compare it to more modern Mario Kart games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There are so many Mario Kart. There are, oh, yeah, yeah. They're up to ten or something like that now. Yeah, and yeah. each game looks better and plays better and handles better than Mario sixty Mario Kart sixty four did. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't quite. Seem yeah, the, the as Game good. Boy Mario Karts, which which then went to the Mario Kart sixty four. There was, I feel like there was a lack of precision that was just you could get used to it, but it was one of those things that when you compare, when you go to a newer Mario Kart and then you go back, you're just like, mm-hmm. Oh my word. I did not yeah. realize how, how hard, hard yeah. this is. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's too janky. And I mean, I mean, I remember mastering uh, what, what was a game boy colors Mario Kart, And I felt like a boss <laughs> with that thing. Like I could finish a map, get every single coin, hit every single tr- uh, secret passage. And then you go to, and then I start, you start playing 
the like the DS version compared to that, and oh my word, it is worlds different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, so I feel weird. the same way about Mario Kart sixty four. Yeah. It's just the, I, the difference. Again, in, not a bad game, but going forward, I definitely like. You can going see forward. the improvements that have been made yeah. later in the franchise, and as I said, I I think Diddy Kong Racing is the stronger racing game. I have never be- actually played Diddy Kong. It, it has yeah. it has a lot more variety hmm. than Mario Kart. I could say that, yeah. But they're just a bunch of monkeys. <laughs> they are they're not. not, they're not just there's monkeys. only one monkey. You listen here. Those are important monkeys. <laughs> you watch your mouth. Stop right now. There's only one monkey anyway. There, there are, is a bear. This uh, Diddy Kong Racing. A bear? Yeah, yeah. Diddy Kong Racing was actually the very first appearance of Banjo. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. And Conker from Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah. Really? They yeah. first appeared in Diddy Kong Racing. Interesting. The entire cast of Diddy Kong Racing is really cool, actually. They aren't... The thing is, in Mario Kart uh, 64, all the characters are well-known. Mario, yeah. Luigi, Peach. But Diddy Kong Racing had to introduce a new cast of characters, but they introduced them in such a interesting and different way that they look very engaging. Like, if you were to mm-hmm. take a person who had never seen Mario Kart or Diddy Kong Racing before and didn't mm-hmm. know any of the characters... And he said, choose which one you would want to play based on the characters. The kid would go for Diddy Kong Racing because they don't know this person with a mustache, but they might want to play with this uh, turtle or this cute little monkey. But also, I say that Diddy Kong Racing had more variety because they had more than one vehicle. Yeah, they had a plane, um, a car, and a hovercraft. Yes. Yeah, and it changed the maps that you could, like, Mario Kart... It was a road, and you drove on the road, and if you ran off the road, you were slower. You know, this is pretty basic. <laughs> With Diddy Kong Racing, the different vehicles allowed for different pathways, and different, ways different to race. kinds of maps, you know. And some maps, a plane is the perfect thing, and a car is the worst thing ever. That yeah. sounds cool. It so really is. It was, it was really... Awesome. And our favorite map to play was a map called Hot Top Volcano. Yeah. And you could either do it in a plane or a hovercraft. If you were in a plane, you were flying through all these weird, like, like curves around inside this volcano and ducking, mm-hmm. like, watching out for stalactites and stalagmites. Mm-hmm. And if you were on a hovercraft, you were actually driving on the lava. Sweet. So it was super cool. It's That's everyone sick. got to choose their own vehicle too. Mm-hmm. So, and Which is because of certain maps. Which, Choosing your own vehicle is now a staple of the new Mario games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Diddy Kong did it first. And with choosing maps, certain vehicles were slower. You know, because if there was an all water map, which there was, a car was by far the worst option ever. <laughs> so you could go a car and take literally three hours to finish this race. <laughs> or, you know, go with a plane. I mean, they were all the same speed, but just because of the. Based on the environment. The, yes, the environment. Different vehicles were definitely better. Diddy Kong, and you could choose. You know, for some, a car and a plane's really good, and a hovercraft's not. So, I mean, you could everyone could choose their own (coughs) and make their own strategy. Yeah, and Diddy Kong Racing, it was a weird combination of Mario Kart, Pilot Wings, and Wave Race. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. Plus, it was a multiplayer game, like Mario Kart and Mario Party was. You could play it with four people, but also. It somehow managed to have an engaging single-player mode. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It did, because you had... Impossible. It, no, it's true. <laughs> no, you, it, you it was pretty good. You wouldn't think so, but you, because it's a cart game. But you 
are in you get transported to this hub world this island and you can drive and fly and go all these different places to all these different tracks and there's actually a boss named whiz pig the big the big bad guy he's this wizard pig yeah wow named named whiz pig and you i would have never thought (laughs) and you have to that's true and you have to get faster and faster and get more upgrades so that you can finally beat him it it was it's the only kart racing game with a single player that i actually found fun to play Mm -hmm. whereas mario party i couldn't play that alone and have a lot of fun diddy Mm -hmm. kong racing i could which was really weird for a kart racing game yeah Yeah. i think um the main reason why especially the newer kart racing i i have a 2ds that i play um mario kart 7 i believe on it yes um i've been i ground that and almost have everything unlocked right the only reason why i'm grinding is so i can get everything unlocked there's i feel like for diddy kong there's more replay value because of the constantly evolving like rng like how which items you get first or whatever mm-hmm. at least at least that's what your that's what it sounds like from your uh, description and diddy kong racing had some cool items you could get a rocket and then if you hit another item box you get two rockets yeah and your if, items would stack and if you oh. get it oh. so it adds strategy to getting items because maybe if you're in first you don't want to you know you want to stack up seven items mm. and get the ultimate item from that specific oh it's stat they add together yeah like, oh, interesting oh i like the thought of that the idea I, of like building I, a super item i diddy really kong, want to play this now yeah diddy kong racing it doesn't get as much love as mario kart uh 64 but it deserves it it's a solid game actually if i if i'm okay so on the on the topic of racing games if i might hijack for just a little bit feel free go ahead so there was one and I, honestly i don't think it I, I wouldn't say it's the best but i could not I, could, I i couldn't go without mentioning it this was one that i played with my older brothers ben and luke all the time and their friends it was called beetle adventure racing now at first okay first i've mention, never heard of okay, it. Never what's heard the again. first thing that goes through your mind when you hear beetle adventure racing uh i think of a dung beetle like pushing. <laughs> okay. Hold that, <laughs> Hold that thought. Of We're course gonna... you go there. <laughs> it wasn't Nathan. It wasn't Quinn. It was you, yeah, Daniel. I know. Okay. I know. Okay. Write that down. We're going to make that game later. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, like mash a button. <laughs> gonna roll, roll that ball. Uh, anyway. No, this was, it was VW Bugs. Uh, someone, oh, okay. It was, and it was a same as racing the, cars, yeah. like Kirby style. Yeah, essentially, yes. Interesting. Um, and so you had it was like four player game, and you had a couple different modes, and so it functioned similarly to Mario Kart and any other racing game, except for it was VW Bugs, and there were some bizarre uh, things you could do to it. So, just like any other game, you you choose your bug, and you could choose a different different colors for your VW bug. And then you could go in and tweak some of the controls there. There You could get weapons and such. And the mode that we played the most often was a battle mode. And it was just like balloon battle. Battle mode is a it, very popular uh, game style in a lot of car racing games. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's called Herbie Fully Loaded. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, and, it was, and you'd have these maps with these, like, these massive square structures that you could like go up ramps and get on things. You'd go off of jumps. But the one thing that I thought was uh, really set it apart 
you could make all your cars flat. Flat. <laughs> flat. <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing I have ever seen. Let me try to describe it. So it's usually, it was it third person view when you're in a yep. racing game mm-hmm. where you're right behind the car. You would make it so your car was literally flat as a pancake. So you couldn't That's see most, most of the time. So you're doing a battle game. You see someone across the map. You're trying to angle yourself. You're trying to get an item and you're, you, you blast them with it to uh-huh. take away a balloon or a life or whatever. Imagine that, except for you can't see yeah, more than like a, a couple meters uh, or a couple <laughs> yards, however you want to, whichever system you want to use around you because everyone's flat. So you're <laughs> driving along and all of a sudden you see this, uh, this, this little tiny difference in the ground <laughs> wow. a little ways off. And you're like, oh, 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 there's someone. And you turn, you start angling. And as you get closer, all of a sudden you see this completely pancake beetle bug driving along and (laughs) it was so bizarre but i loved it because we would drive around and you never knew where someone was and sometimes you'd go off a jump and next thing you know that was the best part when you went off a jump because from the side you see this flat line going the air, <laughs> but from the bottom you see like it, it looks like this Bully it looks like a, a, a piece of paper jumping through the air <laughs> that's awesome and so and okay you go off of jumps trying to ram each other and sometimes it, it was almost <laughs> impossible because you had to hit your hit it at the right angle or you just like it was like two slices two slices slices of paper wow slices of paper <laughs> go, two sh- sheets of paper going shh right past each other and it was amazing this sounds so much so much it was so bizarre i i played it when i was like five or six i have a question shoot can you get underneath of their cars and like make yourself big again and flip them you can't make yourself big again, uh, no. But you can oh, land on people. And, oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. If if you go off a jump and someone's going awesome. under, and it's, it's just bam, and it's only for half a second. Yeah, but still, but it, that's, it, that's it, fun. I wouldn't say it was a very memorable game per se, except for the fact that first of all, it's VW bugs. Who yeah, on earth comes weird, up with that? That's a weird idea. And then there that. was the fact that you could give rant. You could, you could make your cars flat, and it was just like. Who came up with this? That's awesome. Who was just like, you I, know, it would be really great for a 3D game. Put some 2D in it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I really, I like, what were, I don't know what they were on at the time, but it worked. That's <laughs> just awesome. It, it sounds was like the it writers, was thoroughly bizarre. it sounds like the creators of the game just were like, let's just try to make this like as wacky as possible. I know. Well, I mean, that was, the, that was the feeling between a lot of 64 games. I feel that's true. Oh, that's true. That's but true. I mean, the name itself, Beetle. Okay, okay. Beetle Adventure Racing. No one ever would have thought of putting those in a sentence together. Kind of the same way no one would think of doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But no. it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah same. That's awesome. Except actually, for... the way you described them going flat, doesn't that actually happen in Mario Kart in Toad's Turnpike? The uh, the the course, uh, the race when you're on like a get, city yeah, highway and the cars come running. Oh yeah, yeah. if yeah. they run over you, you like flatten briefly, right? Yeah, very, for only long. like like ten it's seconds. It's like that, except for the entire game. That's amazing, and it's it's, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> I, I I like being able to see my opponents. Well, and also imagine normally you go off a jump and you hit a, a an item cube that's in the air. 
but now you're flat. <laughs> so, so you, you, go, you, go, you go right past it. I remember <laughs> one game in particular where I spent the entire game just trying to go off the stupid jump and hit a box. And I couldn't hit the box. Sounds because like the, I, I yeah. sounds like a personal problem to it, me. It was very I personal. love this so much. That sounds so cool. <laughs> that does I, sound like I have been trying to find it so I could buy it for my brother Luke, and I can't find it. It's so hard. I mean, N64 games are hard to land in. Yeah. yeah. Either way yeah. these days. But that one in particular is a little rare. That's mm-hmm. super cool. Anyway, yeah. I, I will I will see the table now. <laughs> <All right. laughs> well, we've talked a lot about multiplayer games. I have one more that I want to bring to the table, and that is Super Smash Brothers. Mm, the original. The original Super Smash Brothers. Of course it was it, it was. And it was of course it was directed by Sakurai, uh, who went on to work on all the other Super Smash games. What a legend! He, he is unbelievable. <clears throat> it was it first came out in Japan in 1999, and then it came out. It, it came out in Japan in uh, January. I'm older than Smash. Whoa, <laughs> that's <laughs> a thought. Wow, wow. Sorry, Sorry didn't mean to, I, I didn't mean you. to you put you in that mind. space. It's okay, wait. Uh, I, I need okay. to sit down. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Sorry. Uh, and then it came to America in April. And what a legacy that yeah, that oh, game honestly. series. First of all, I believe I believe it was the very first not fighting game because fighting games had yeah, been like around. There's Street Fighter, yeah. Fighter Mortal Kombat, yeah. stuff like that. Oh, I, I, arcade. I'm in arcade. Arcade mm-hmm. games. Yeah. But I believe that Super Smash Brothers was the very first crossover fighting game. Mm. Yeah, because I think you're right. Those other games like. Uh, Marvel versus Capcom, yeah. or what's the Metroid, Met Samus. So here's the thing: I think this is really funny because I think you're right. Smash Bros. was the first like crossover. Every single game, if you look at any Mortal Kombat past like 2002, or any Street Fighter past like that time, you will see that they grabbed like for for Mortal Kombat the, the most recent game. They just added uh, Rambo. <laughs> like they actually added Rambo, Robocop, oh, right. and Terminator. I saw this. They did Terminator. I thought that was yeah. so funny. So like yeah, I think it's so I think it's really funny because Nintendo had this really cool way of taking a game that is already like a game style that's already predetermined. Like everybody knows, all right, this is what it's gonna be, right? And twisting it just a little bit to make it their own and make it ten times better. Mm-hmm. That's called pirating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's called plagiarism, boys. Uh, but like they they changed it just enough to make it their own, but made it better by adding new features. Like uh, you know, you know the, the for example the crossover crossover characters. You Captain mm-hmm. Falcon, Fox. I believe that was the very first time Captain Falcon was like his character model was seen uh, maybe i'm wrong about that but i believe um, that was the first time I you saw it correct. i mean other than the covers of the like the cartridges you put in the game uh, the uh, was he on NES. the covers yes oh, i don't so i don't so okay F-Zero, i'm wrong about that but i think it's f-zero x actually which came out in 2000 no 1998 okay so f-zero x he's on the cartridge mm-hmm. um so you you see him but you don't see like a full-bodied um masterpiece because usually, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, he is you do. stunning. He you is. do actually, because you get to choose your character and then choose the, the vehicle you use, you drive. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, okay. you do actually get to see him. 
All right. Um, but I bet he didn't say his now iconic line. Yes. Cool. <laughs> 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 wrong one. Wrong, wrong one, William. Captain Falcon. No, 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 no. It's, of course. Yes. Falcon Punch. Yes. That is, Falcon Punch. That is yeah. everywhere. So, what's really funny is after, I don't know if this is actually true. I think it is. I, I'll have to double check my research here. But I'm pretty sure after um, Smash Bros., comics came out for Captain Falcon. Really? Universe. Okay. Yeah, there are comics in Captain Falcon. And apparently Captain Falcon can survive like 2,000 megatons of TNT or something. He's just casually <laughs> invincible. Yeah. It's nuts. Like, Explains the way, the way, how powerful he is in Melee. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think that's super cool how they took a character that other than literally just being some really good racer that you play in a campaign and then mm -hmm. you get to choose like in you know, they gave racing. him a completely original moveset. They gave him a completely ori original moveset, a completely like new story, like everything. And they like orchestrated it around what three abilities? Essentially, like, yeah. A falcon punch and your regular attacks, pretty much. Like that's it. Mm -hmm. I think that is so cool how you can take something that small and make it into something that like huge. Mm -hmm. Plus, Smash was the very first fighting game, I believe, to handle damage the way it does. Because yeah, other oh, other yeah. fighting games like Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter, you had a bar of health that would go down the more you got yeah. hit. Mm -hmm. Whereas Smash, you you had a percentage of damage that you took, and the higher your percentage, the more likely you are to get hit and go flying off stage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I will say, the um, being at like 100% you know, damage and getting nailed with like a Falcon punch. That is so cool. <laughs> the fact that they added the fact that you literally go so fast, you can't even see like, it's like mm -hmm. you're dead. Yeah. You're out of there. Like, I think, I, I think that's also like one of the first games where they added, like the more damage you got, the further you flew. And mm -hmm. I think that's super cool. Um, and I don't think any other game has been able to actually replicate that. No, it's it's sma that's Smash's style of handling yeah. damage. Like it's it's, it's their yeah, it's their unique thing, and mm -hmm. I think that's so cool that they that they did that. Yeah, let me ask let me ask this: Smash Super Smash Bros. The original Super Smash Bros. Obviously, it has a great legacy. Do we think that it's less good now because of the modern Smash games? No. No, I don't think so. Not in any way. I would argue against that because the new Smash games have more characters to play as, more stages, a better single player. I think if you judged it just by the quantity, yes. But yeah. if you judge it by quality, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, going back and playing the original, I have just as much fun as I would playing one that was released yeah. Yeah, Smash know, Bros. this Ultimate. year. Yeah, so like, I, I think for smash bros the original because it was so unique they became this super cool like oh this is really awesome mm -hmm. but like smash bros ultimate it's still really fun and yes it has way more maps and i love the fact that they've added so many new maps that you can do your own custom maps like that's awesome um <laughs> but like there are so many characters who are almost like carbon copies of others like, okay, yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah. There are a lot of like, clones, uh, especially in Ultimate. Ken, Ken and uh, Ryu from Street Fighter. They added those. First up, while we're right? talking about characters in Ultimate, I just want to say that I am so very happy that Banjo is in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a great one. I've wanted that for years, and it's happened. Yeah. I'm so happy about that. 
I just wait for Waluigi. I'm just waiting for Waluigi, man. Um, <laughs> Never gonna happen. It's yeah. a bear. Probably not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. I know, but like they've made so many more maps, and I think that is the only way that that's like one of the only ways that uh, Smash Bros has progressed. Mm-hmm. I think the characters. I think once you got to Brawl, I think the characters started to go backwards instead of forwards because they ran out of abilities that they could give char- new characters. So you could, that's really cool. You can add uh, Banjo-Kazooie. He has his own unique stuff. You can add Ken and Ryu from Street Fighter, but they're both almost identical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, different... there's almost no difference. You can add, um, what is it? It's Richter and what's the other Simon. Guy? Simon. The Belmonts. They're almost identical characters. And I guess that kind of makes sense because they're brothers. Brought the Belmonts into they're it. not brothers. Or they're brothers? they're ancestors. Simon is oh. like several generations before Richter. Okay. Okay. Whatever. They're, they're, right, they're related. <laughs> so like that kind of makes sense. But I feel like the carbon copy of abilities is just kind of frustrating mm-hmm. a little bit. Okay. Makes sense. And I said that the new smashes like do change my opinion a lot. But at the same time, I do have a lot of fun when I do return to the original. Yeah. It's, it's such an experience. The thing with uh, the Smash Bros like franchise in general that's tricky is like so I think with the first one with with Smash Bros 60, 64 they laid the groundwork and they haven't really changed it up too much as no, far the as the formula like, is relatively the same. Yeah, they've built on it and they've added some stuff. The tricky thing is when it, it is a very good formula and it's really hard to, to, yeah, to when you start off with something that works well it's hard to improve on it. If it ain't broke, yeah. don't fix yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's where, so I think that, so they had the original and then they came out with, uh, they came out with the N60, like with it for N60, N64. If I can talk, it's I will okay. do my best. <laughs> and then they, and then they just came out with consecutive and the abilities changed up a little bit. Um, and then you had the items getting introduced yeah. and the new characters, but they've gotten to the point where it's, and I, I feel for them because on one hand, a fantastic franchise on the other yes. hand it has become practically essentially oversaturated with characters who are identical to each other and it's no fault of theirs just because they you've got a good franchise you want it to keep going but it's really hard to make something new and interesting yeah, like what else when, do you add yeah when yeah. the original was base basically the original and the most recent one the basic formula is identical well i think yeah. that's why the original is it's easy to go back. Yeah, to. You, you know, it's not like the game's changed. It hasn't I mean, changed at all. The only difference is you have like what two less abilities. Yeah, maybe you one don't have a, you don't have, have a attacks, over yeah, attack. Exactly, that's it. But no, everything I else think, is say like the exact same. I think the original you had one B attack. That was it. You, you know, you had you had B, B and you had, there was B, up, a B up and, and you had B down. Yeah. You did. Did you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I can't yeah. remember if that was there. Um, but like we were saying, like the formula has remained the same. Like you said. Which is kind of the way we were talking about Mario Kart 64 earlier. The formula has changed so much for that game because, oh, yeah. sure, it's still racing, but they have added different ways to drive. You in the newest one, you can drive on the ceilings on the walls. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of wacky. And the controls have gotten better for yeah. the new Mario Karts. So that shows uh, how good Smash really was. Whereas for the 64 Mario Kart worked at the time but doesn't work very much anymore mm-hmm. and smash 64 it may have been improved on but the general game the essence of the game has remained the same 
even from the beginning. If there's one thing that has changed that has really impacted the game in a positive way, it's the hardware. Because with the newer remotes, mm-hmm. they're more responsive and uh and it's and and they're 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 less prone to wearing out and breaking. Um mm-hmm. I mean to a certain extent, you're always gonna have that with a remote. But that's one area where it's just you you can with precision drop in on someone and then attack quickly to the side and just like and sucker punch them right off the map versus mm-hmm. with some of the older remotes after a little while that was very difficult yeah now we've looked at several uh games that really they had single player modes but they were mostly multiplayer experiences mm-hmm. uh, mario party mario kart diddy kong racing golden eye we've talked about uh, all those i want to move to the more single player adventure games that were really like popular on the 64 and earlier when we were talking about smash i mentioned banjo so mm-hmm. for, i want to talk a little bit about one of personally one of my favorite games on the 64 banjo kazooie that because as he first appeared as i said in diddy kong racing mm-hmm. but this was a completely new ip that was being introduced and they knocked it out of the park didn't they oh yeah i thought the game i've i've only ever played the game once and i believe that was on a demo i think you have a don't you have a demo on your computer william or something like that. Or did you have a? I don't demo? know. I've got a demo somewhere for that game. Yeah. Or, or, or no, wait. I think it was actually uh, on the Wii. Oh yeah, the Wii. Yeah, so, so okay. the virtual console. Yeah, yeah. The, the the Wii has um a certain certain demos that you can unlock. Uh, yeah. They they had a uh well I, a different game I won't mention because we're gonna talk about it later. I think if we don't, I will bring it up and then I will <laughs> chastise you for not mentioning it. <laughs> but got anyway, it, got it, got it. Normal <laughs> I, Tuesday. I'll, I'll let you sit in suspense. But yeah, um, I we we had the like the opening level for Banjo and Kazooie, and I've actually played it. I got to play it a little bit more than just the opening level, but it is. It's just it's one of those games that I uh, and one of the things that I thought was great, which is just kind of a random point, but the way they got around having audio in a game, mm-hmm. and that was just the. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, just the, yeah. The, the, random sound effects. The, the voice yeah. speak, the voice acting wasn't words; it was these it, weird ooh, noises. Ooh, they ooh, made. Ooh, 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 yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Just, but like it worked. Dude, oh, dude, yeah. gurgling him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it worked. Yeah, and it, with the subtitles, and you knew exactly what was happening. You got the essence of the game, and it has that game has such a great sense of humor. Yeah, like it is so funny at times, particularly Kazooie. I know. I think Kazooie. my favorite part of that game is like the animation style and like kind of the art style because like it's also very smooth it, it is, is very a very smooth, smooth game. Of, honestly of the because, 64 games that one graphics graphics wise still looks pretty good yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. would say yeah i yeah. just think i like it so much just because um some of the characters they just look weird i know <laughs> and it fits so well it does like it's just like you look weird but i still love you you know it, <laughs> it it's just nice you know uh, yeah, and I and I I, I I oh my god, I, I love the interchanges between Kazooie and like the mole. Oh my <laughs> yeah, word, bottles, bottles they the hated each other, but it was just like it was like it this was bird so was funny. like, I have met you and I've met I've known you for two minutes and I want you to die. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, the sass was so real. Well, as far as like the character designs and the character traits they were given, yeah, uh, rare the company that made it, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. what what a company. Yeah, they it's... made so many bangers for the Nintendo 64. And, and I don't. Okay, give me some examples because I don't actually. They made Banjo Kazooie. They made. We'll talk about this later. I'm sure Donkey Kong 64. Oh, okay. They did. Don- they did all the original uh, Donkey Kong Country games on the SNES. 
Gotcha. They are a really good company. They made some really good games. And Rare, it, it's a British company. It's not from Japan. And so it has a lot of that British humor, too, that sarcastic humor that nice, British people yeah. have a lot of. I can of. see that now. Yeah. Now that I think yeah. about it, I could totally see that. And, that and the character designs, when they were working on the game, they said they wanted to make them intentionally more cartoony mm-hmm. so, and more endearing. And they wanted them to be comparable to Walt Disney characters like Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse and Goofy and stuff like that. But it, that yeah. we haven't talked about this for a lot of the games we've discussed already. But I think Banjo Kazooie has some of the best music on yeah, the 64 I can, system. I can agree with that. It's got some music. great songs. It's got great good soundtrack. The theme uh, at the beginning when you first booted it up and that cutscene plays mm-hmm. with Banjo playing the banjo. Yeah. That song's great. The the background music for Spiral Mountain, Gruntilda's Lair, Mumbo's Mountain. It all was of those. all great. They're all great. They were they were composed by Grant uh, Kirkhope, who actually did the music for almost all of the rare games for the Nintendo 64 and okay. I believe the SNES too. And he, <laughs> he he's the one, actually I, I want to talk about that later when we discuss a different game, so I'm not going to mention that, but it <laughs> has some of the greatest music I think on the 64. I, I listen to that music on my phone like all the time because it's so catchy and so it's so unique too. It doesn't yeah. sound, this game and Donkey Kong 64 have similar music, but mm-hmm. no other game has their style of music. Yeah. yeah. And it's really, really mm-hmm. cool. The only thing about that game, and that was uh, kind of carried over to, uh, and now that I know that they were like, sim- like Donkey Kong 64 and the, and uh, Banjo-Kazooie were made by the same company. I understand. And it was the, the one th- critique I had was just the camera control was a little tricky. Yeah. And it was one of on those the, things on where, the 64. It was always a little iffy when it came to 3d platformers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, so that's an entire new topic. The, like the three, the, the, the introduction to these, like, the the 3D style in general was just, I mean, uh, uh, like uh, Daniel, you were telling me uh, earlier today, like people started up. The big thing was two dimensional uh, scrolling. Yep, yeah. that's exactly what it was. Yeah. And then, Mario Bros style. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mario Bros, Donkey Kong, and it was, and then all of a sudden you go to this, and all the, and and you've got all these different games Sonic, where. You know. Another you one. can, and it was like, oh my word, it's open world. Yeah. I can control it. Yeah. And they had no idea how to control the camera for that. It's <laughs> yeah. just like, hey, let's make it open world. Great. How does the camera work? I don't know. <laughs> we will find out. <laughs> we'll figure, we'll experiment until we get it right eventually. Yeah. Like, te- like 10 years later. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Bandit Kazooie is one of my favorite, but we, we've just, we've mentioned this game, same company. Donkey Kong 64 is another mm-hmm. one of my personal favorites. Actually, it for my childhood, it was my favorite game. Yeah, it was, a it was probably game. the number one game we played. With easily the worst intro song I've ever heard. <laughs> That's what <laughs> I wanted to mention. Grant Kirkhope, actually, oh. he composed the DK rap. Why? Not funny. <laughs> oh. Which is now infamous, and I personally love it to death. Oh. It is so... Enjoyably bad. <laughs> it is so enjoyably bad. I think I've listened to that a couple times, and I think it's actually funny. <laughs> well, it was meant as a joke. Like oh. some people got really upset about it. Really? But, yeah. Because, it's a game. Because I don't know, oh. but I love that rap. But I I love the game too. The a lot of a criticism that happens for both Banjo and Donkey Kong a lot is I that I hear is that they they're collectathons. And there are too many collectibles. 
I've mm. heard that a lot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But I argue that yes, there are a lot of things to collect and that does take time, but the worlds that both created are so interesting to explore mm. that it makes the collecting worth it because you would get to explore the worlds. I think, yeah, I think they did a pretty good job. And, and the, the, the tricky thing with um, some games, and a lot of games fall into this trap, is uh, you start off and it's new and it's interesting, and then it just becomes repetitive. I mean, yep. even yeah. like the first Assassin's Creed, uh, by the time you're like halfway through it, it's, it's, uh, it's the exact same, same thing over and over and over again. It's still a fun game, but it's, it's very repetitive. And I think that Donkey Kong 64 was able to introduce enough variety that even though you were essentially doing the same thing, you were doing it in a, diff in a different area, you were doing it against mm -hmm. different uh, villains. It had enough variety there that you could, that, I mean, I never got tired of it. Now, to be fair, my biggest experience with Donkey Kong 64 was the multiplayer. Yeah. Monkey which, Smash. Yeah. Yep. Which I thought was amazing. But, mm -hmm. and that was where I'd play that with my older brothers. And uh, I always, I was always either Diddy Kong or Lank Lanky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Lanky, yeah. And I, I thought he was great. Did you know that you can tie, you can tie in Monkey Smash? How? Okay. No, I, I, I did yes. this the other okay so I want to say a couple months ago I actually found a copy of Donkey Kong Country 64 yeah <laughs> someone was selling it on on Facebook Marketplace I was and I happened to be in the area that there for work and I bought it and brought it back and played it with my brother Luke and we hadn't played it in years and we threw down and oh my word he was Diddy Kong I was lanky that it is okay multiplayer on that is amazing but when you have just two people it's like you fight you fight and then you split off and collect yeah, it, the watermelons like, yeah. and then you fight you fight the <laughs> monkey smash rounds if you only have two people can take a long time it's forever but we finally just decided to throw down and finish it as usual finished, how it ends it yeah. finished with like me throwing a punch and he threw was spinning his tail around and his screen goes dark <laughs> and it comes up and goes draw and i was like what Wow. This is a thing? And we just laughed. <laughs> we were on the floor laughing because we were having a ball. I had great. no idea that was a thing. Yeah, well, it caught me completely off guard. Actually, talking about things that I didn't know were, were a thing. When researching different games for this, mm -hmm. did you know that you could? there's another playable character other than the Kongs yeah. in Monkey Smash? Oh, you didn't know about yeah, him? I didn't know about this. Oh. If, if you collect 15 banana fairies, in the single player story mode, you can go to the settings uh -huh. and turn on Crusha mode. Crusha. And you can play as Crusha. Who, <laughs> yep. who is in, Crusha. in Donkey Kong Country, you know the the Kremlins, the alligators Little with alligator the camo things. overalls. Do you remember those guys? Uh, you I, can play. I think so. You can play as him yep. in wow. Monkey Smash. That's only, awesome. Only in Monkey Smash. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. or the battle modes, yeah. the multiplayer. But I didn't know this was a thing, and I found it out when researching this. And I wanted—I didn't want to tell Nathan or Quinn because I wanted to surprise them. But I've been dying just to go play the game and like <laughs> see if I have it unlocked. He—he he apparently controls a little bit like Chunky. Mm -hmm. and okay. He's like a mixture of Chunky and Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know it was a thing. And his his gun, Donkey Kong shoots coconuts. Uh, Diddy shoots peanuts. He. Crusher shoots out the orange bombs that you use in the <laughs> that other you use parts as of the grenades. Game. That's, yeah, that's nice. That's awesome. I didn't know that that's was a so thing. Cool. I yeah, my brothers always went with Crusher. It was one of those things where I, I I thought he was scary. To be honest, like I was like five or six at the time, and I thought he was scary. Which to be nice. fair, there was a lot of parts of that game I thought were scary at that age. 
uh, these were some creepy bad guys. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, Crusher was one of those things. They got him and they were just, they always chose Crusher. I didn't know it was a thing and I'm so happy that I now know that it is. Now, real quick, another thing we haven't talked about so much with the previous games are the bosses. Mm. And I think that DK, I have a I have a weird love-hate relationship with the bosses of Donkey Kong 64 because some of them are awesome and then they reuse others. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You fight Army Dillo twice. You fight uh the Dragonfly Dogadon twice yeah. with both Diddy and Chunky. And that is a little upsetting to me, but at the same time, I do love the boss battles of Mad Jack, the Jack in the Box. I hate that boss battle so much. <laughs> because I that that boss genuinely scared me when I was younger. Because he's such a weird, chaotic I'm looking. I'm telling you, that first that game that were frightening for a child. <laughs> yeah. And you liked it. I I love it now. In in retrospect, I love it. Back then, I couldn't play it. I had to get my older brother Brad to play it. But I do love that battle. Of course, there's also the the King K. Rule boxing mm. match at the end, where mm -hmm. you use all five Kongs and all their new abilities that they get, and that's a really cool way to end the game. Mm. Although it can be frustrating if you do die in like the lanky section. It's not about if; it's when. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. Uh, but I think my favorite boss from that game might be King Cutout. Do you remember him? The King... cardboard cutout. The cardboard yeah, cutout. Yeah, that was of a K. pretty Rule. good boss. Yeah. The the oh, the, the Kremlins. Nice. Do you remember him? The Kremlins made a gigantic cardboard cutout it's of just one of the most those things. It's just mm. like let's do a cutout of him. Yeah, and it's but it's so entertaining because the boss but battle they itself made it work. Yeah, the boss battle itself is challenging. The sound effects are hilarious, and the the concept is just so crazy. Which again, like we said with Banjo Kazooie. Rare was really good at making their games fun, but also funny. Mm -hmm. And so I love that boss. I love Mad Jack. But again, like the two reused bosses can be a little frustrating at times. Mm. But moving on from Donkey Kong, another game with animal main characters that a lot of people really, really like is Star Fox 64. Yeah. Yes. A yeah. lot of people really like that. And I'm going to be honest. I, I've played the game barrel before. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> that is now iconic. Do a barrel roll. Yep. Uh, and of course, Slippy, get this guy off me. <laughs> oh, like, shut up, Slippy. <laughs> uh, I, we didn't have this game, actually, mm. when as our home. We didn't have a home copy of it. Mm -hmm. So when I played it, I either played it at my cousin's yep. or I played it in the McDonald's play place when oh. they when they oh. had Nintendo 64s yeah. and in, it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, brand new controllers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, sticky. But let's be honest, that was super cool that they had in Nintendo yes, 64s and McDonald's. Awesome. Yeah. But that that's when so I cool. played a lot of Star Fox when mm. we were at McDonald's and I spent it what felt like hours. Oh yeah. And it's such a it's such an engaging game. Mm -hmm. I didn't play a whole lot of Star Fox except for the multiplayer mode. And I mean, I had fun playing that, but it wasn't, I don't think it was the right game for me. I mean, it was fun. Yeah. But it just didn't, it, it does have an audience mm -hmm. because whereas games like Banjo and Donkey Kong are 
3D platformers where you get to explore this gigantic world and you can go wherever you wherever you want. Essentially, Star Fox was a rail shooter, yeah, yeah. flight simulator yeah. of yeah. sorts. Uh, so you always went on this one path. Well, actually, there are several paths you can take, but you always are going forward. Mm-hmm. You're usually shooting the bad guys. Yep. Uh, it did. It did have a lot of really cool sound bites and sound effects. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah. the yeah. shooting sound effects. Of course, the voice acting. We said oh, do yeah. a barrel roll. Yeah, like all those in those characters themselves fox falco slippy we love to hate him i know yes. uh, yeah. of course, <laughs> but of course also like wolf and star wolf the team star wolf yeah that, that they were cool. so cool they were like it, it's kind of it's i feel like you got a lot more of those these days but back in i mean back then it was a lot more of if you had a villain they were clearly the deplorable you hated them villain and all of a sudden you got star wolf and it's like oh this dude's cool he's really yeah. cool this guy's cool <laughs> like i want to i'm gonna beat you but i want to be you yeah like that, that type of thing yeah he's really i love that guy i yeah. whenever i play smash bros i always go wolf over fox yeah Oh, I always go Falco for both. Of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's because that's because we tag team with Fox. And yeah, Falco. that's true. We would go, we would go teams, and we would go blue team, and then I would be Flacco because it's the quarterback, <laughs> the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> Joe Flacco. And I, I would play Flacco, and I would play Falco. We would play Wolf, and we would just play against I would play like Fox. Two, oh, Fox. Sorry, my bad. Uh, we play against a Wolf and one other character. Sometimes it was Snake. Um, I think a couple times it was Snake, most of the time. And then we'd play against, like, level 8 uh, CPUs, and it was fun. Yeah. And, and if we ever got into a bind where we just started dying, then we just kind of... We would shamelessly spam his B, his B over yeah. Yeah. Just, just dash, dash. And when you have two people <laughs> yeah. doing that, it's of course, when it's against bots, nobody cares. But when you're against people, they want to murder you. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays, you don't even have a remote cord to strangle people with. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's wireless. Yeah. But as far as I know, like, Star Fox, you actually, you actually mentioned a Star Wars game earlier. Yes. yes. I... I I thought Star Fox was one of the only like like space sci-fi adventures out there. Yeah, for the 64. so Star Wars Rogue Squadron was... I misspoke earlier. It wasn't an arcade game. It was a very arcade game-esque. So okay. it, was eventually, it was made into an arcade game, but it was originally released on uh, Windows. <laughs> uh, Windows. Oh, you sold wow. me. You sold me. <laughs> Windows and uh, Nintendo 64. When did you say this was released? Uh, uh, 1998. 98? What was it? What was this? They wanted to put on the Gateway 2000 that yeah. we used to have. Yeah. <laughs> Good heavens. I mean, but to be fair, though, they came out with Star Wars uh, TIE Fighter versus X-Wing in 95. Ah, that is or, no, 96. So that that is that is older, and that is a pretty um, great game. It is so. Rogue Squadron is very much like Star Fox in like as its controls and everything like that. Like how you've got your reticle, and then you've got where your reticle, like where where you're aiming, and mm-hmm. then where your reticle is actually aiming. Right. Okay. So like where the front of your ship is, I guess. I, I'm trying to find a good way to explain. It. It's kind of the position of your ship versus the position of where your ship is aiming. At. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So it's very much like Star Fox and it's not quite a rail shooter. It's more open world. It's actually very much open world. So you can fly around, you can go wherever you want. Pretty much. You can do shoot down with like, there's no order in which you have to shoot down specific targets. Like there's no like, 
All right, go to this location. All right, now fly back to this location and shoot Pick up one. that bomb. Yeah. Do a barrel roll. Exactly. There's not shoot like... the... Whatever the thing is. Yeah. <laughs> shoot that thing. Ah, I stuck with you, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. Shoot All the... those memories. Yeah. Shoot the glowy thing. Shoot yeah. the other glowy thing. <laughs> Dodge the missiles. Yeah. So it's very much like Star Fox. Oh my goodness, I've actually turned into Slippy in my old age. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Daniel. It's okay. It's okay. Um, I just realized I actually do this in real life. Wow. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. It's okay. Continue. It's okay. Um, so it's very much like, it's not technically a rail shooter. So you're not on a fixed course. But it is almost as close as you can get to Star Fox without being Star Fox. Except the only difference is it's not a rail shooter and it's an entirely different universe. Which And it's a, a Star Wars universe. Exactly. Which draws a lot of people exactly. in right away. Exactly. Yep. So at this time, LucasArts or you know lucas film you know game company the star wars people yeah the star wars guys <laughs> they were at this time like cranking out games like the original battlefront which came out in what 2002 i think yeah i think 2002 so they came out with you know three x-wing versus tie fighter games they came out with star wars rose squadron they came out with two sequels to star wars rose squadron which actually came out on gamecube as well mm -hmm. we can talk about that uh another time but um uh, they they were cranking out all these quality games that everybody was loving before they were eventually shut down, which is so sad that they were shut down. But as a Star Wars fan, I deeply appreciate <laughs> like a Star Fox esque game with Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I love Star Fox, but I love Star Wars a whole lot more. It's such um, a great franchise. Yeah, and so, it spans everything: it, it, video games, movies, yes, books. Yeah. Yeah, comics, comics. comics yeah, it's a huge world. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think what Star Wars did super well was the fact that you could just jump into any one game and not have to be caught up on your like lore, I guess, like Star mm -hmm. Wars lore. So, unless it was a sequel, of course. But I yeah, mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like, obviously, if you're watching the movies, other than the movies, like if you jumped into a game. You really didn't need to know much. You could. It was still a good standalone game, but it's better with the follow, the lead up, right? Yeah. To mm -hmm. that point, but so Star Wars Squadron, Rogue Squadron, uh, took takes place between Star Wars: A New Hope and um, uh, Empire Strikes Back. So it is nice to have that context. So you're playing as Luke with Wedge as your wingman, and you're just flying awesome. Around. I love Wedge. I know yeah. he's my favorite character. I mean. <laughs> what more do i have to say <laughs> um but it, it's really nice because it's not just it's it's very open world and i think this was like the first non-space combat game at least for star wars that was open world like you were actually on the planet right you in one mission you fly a snowspeeder on hoth that's really cool you get to fly a snowspeeder against ATATs from M like 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 empire strikes bad like that mm -hmm. that is so cool that's awesome like um at least for me because i love star wars i can't help <laughs> it don't don't nerd out too much <laughs> i can't help it i can't help it i it's might have a stroke finds you know? who i am <laughs> yeah somebody on tv said it yeah so it had 16 missions which was pretty nice um and i'm as far as i know each mission took about like 20 30 minutes that's so you, long, actually. Yeah so, you, you had, long. yeah, so, like, the tutorials didn't take super long, but, like, there were some missions that obviously took longer than other. Mm. Longer than other. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it was super cool because 
Star Fox is just so entertaining. And the fact that they teamed up with Nintendo to release this, I believe these, uh, the Rogue Squadron games and I believe Lego Star Wars are the only games to release on Nintendo consoles. For Star Wars games? Yes, I believe. So Star Wars Rogue Squadron and I believe Star Wars... No, no, Wars, uh, Force uh, Unleashed. Was that on... Oh, oh yeah, that, that, wasn't that, that, that was Wii. on Wii. That yeah. was on Wii, yeah. 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 yeah, so I think there was only three, right? So there's... Oh, we're going to find a fourth. <laughs> I, know, I know, okay, hold on. Um, as far as I know... Um, Your political career is ruined. I know. <laughs> Got you in a lie. Uh, I mean, I won't, you know, keep going because there's not much more to talk about, but... uh. It's, I believe there was Star Wars Rogue Squadron and the two sequels, um, Star Wars, Lego Star Wars, you know, episodes three, and then Force Unleashed. I think those are like the only Nintendo games to release to like be featured as a Nintendo game. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's really interesting. Cool. So I have not, I've not played this game, but now I'm certainly wanting to yeah. check into it. Yeah. Now, there is a franchise that we haven't talked about yet, but it could be argued... It's okay. We already covered the one I was interested in, Star Fox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but this... The Nintendo 64 did a lot for this franchise, and that is, mm-hmm. of course, the Legend of Zelda franchise. Yeah. There were two games released uh, in the Zelda series for the 64. The first one is Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. The second one is Majora's Mask. And there is a huge debate over which one is better. I'm interested to see what you think. If you were to pick one right now without hearing about the other, like other people say why they like it, what would you pick as the best one? I I personally would pick Ocarina or Ocarina, or however you pronounce Could it. Can someone tell me what that is? It's like this musical instrument. Yeah, it's, like a, oh, it's a mixture of a flute it, and it, like a bag. It's like a recorder. Oh, 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 right, right, right. Okay, it's a recorder it mixed with a flute mixed with bagpipes. <laughs> but not not as annoying or big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. To be completely it honest, I have never played either of them. Yeah, really? Either. Okay. That's odd. That's actually... For someone who's like played yeah. 64 games. But yeah, I, 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 yeah, I've never... I have played a single Legend of Zelda uh, game, and that was on the DS. So, yeah, I have no input on this game other than the fact that I know what a mask is and not what an or- or- orcarina. Ocarina. 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 Hey, Ocarina. Whatever you want. Whatever boat there. Okay. Thanks, man. Uh, there, These two games, a lot of people, like I said, there's a huge debate over which one is better. Of course, they're from the fr- same franchise, mm. so they have a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way you explore the world is similar. The puzzle aspect of it is similar the adventure of it all is very similar what sets these games apart what makes them their own is the tone mm-hmm. orcarina is more adventurous and daring mm. whereas majora's mask is more ominous and almost not scary but creepy like mm. a doomsday-esque yes that's kind of what the game is yeah is you're trying to save a town from yeah. getting crushed by it was it a moon yeah, yeah a, a, moon. the moon falling from the sky yeah that was I, okay I that moon remember. that moon looked terrifying yeah. yes <laughs> that's nightmare fuel for a young child there's a lot of nightmare n- n- nightmare fuel in Medora's mask uh-huh it is a not not a it doesn't make it not fun 
but there's some stuff in there that's genuinely unsettling. It's like someone's sadistic cousin got a hold of the development team. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. Our, uh, Ocarina of Time, per- <laughs> perhaps, it, it certainly, I would say, has more of a legacy mm-hmm. and is very uh, high, highly regarded. People really, really like it. It did so much for the Zelda series because mm-hmm. it was the very first Zelda game in 3D. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that being said, Majora, I think, is much more unique mm. because whereas Ocarina of Time was the hero's journey, essentially, yeah. the guy gets the call to adventure. He has help from supernatural uh, friends or allies to f- defeat the big bad guy. Mm-hmm. That's essentially the plot. And in this case, it's literally a giant tree. <laughs> <laughs> Not the enemy, the supernatural the supernatural, friend. yeah, <laughs> ally, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas Majora's Mask, there's no other Zelda game like Majora's Mask. For for Ocarina of Time, other games have tried to do things from it, mm. but no one can replicate what happened in Majora's Mask. The villain was unique. It was the mask feature, the mask uh, yeah. system in the game. It was the same characters you loved. But the game was honestly completely different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it was like it was also the same. So, but then it just depends on which one you like more. What like the tone you like more? Do you like more ominous, like a more gritty story, mm-hmm. or do you like a more epic story? Mm. And a lot of people debate which one is better. I, I personally think I like Majora's Mask a bit more than Ocarina of Time. Mm. But I think Ocarina of Time is certainly more important. Okay. I yeah. I think yeah. Orcarina is probably the better game. I mean, it's definitely got the better music. Ocarina <laughs> of Time music was. Oh yes. I course. think by far it's the best Zelda music. Oh, it's got that's the main focal there. point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got a lot of music from A Link to the Past, but. Oh, did it? Well, yeah, I guess. But it did, but, yeah. it, but all the original stuff in there is still really really good, and despite the music maybe not being original because it came from a previous game, it's still fantastic music yeah. mm-hmm. exactly it's kind of like star wars like it's the exact same music <laughs> but go with star wars i'm kidding but like it's kind of like you know the old the opening sequence of each star wars film it's just a little different but it's so close to the original that nobody has anything bad to say about it and everyone gets that level of excitement they dollars a boost yeah. exactly at the very beginning as well as something like new and exciting like ooh, wow that's a new note or a new tone mm-hmm. like whatever and ocarina does do that it has exactly. it has older songs from previous games but it does twist it yeah and it, it's some of the best music on the entire uh, n64 catalog of games mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would say i enjoyed ocarina of time more than Majora's Mask, but I love the story of Majora's Mask. Mm. It was like now all Zelda games are kind of the same story. You know, Ganondorf is coming back, and you have yeah. to beat him. Orcarina was actually the first time you ever saw Ganondorf. That's true. Mm. That was the first time you ever saw Ganondorf's human Gerudo form. Oh yeah, yeah. Because all the previous times it was always the the big pig monster Ganon, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which to me must have been so cool for the people who played that who played. Ocarina of Time as their very first Zelda game. 
because you have that final boss fight against Ganondorf in his Gerudo human form. Yeah, and I then, hated that so much. And then you beat him, and you get that oh. level of excitement. Like, yes, I beat the final bad guy. I won the game, and you're so happy. And then all of a sudden, it gets really quiet for a second, <laughs> and you look over, and Ganondorf morphs into this gigantic monster and you have to do this battle with against this gigantic beast it it had to have been such a, such a shock <laughs> yeah, for no the kidding. people that was my first Legend game. Of zelda game <laughs> i hated that i played through the entire game i was i remember playing it was actually in yellowstone national park because we were stuck in a traffic jam and i was playing it and i played through that boss fight like eight or ten different times, <laughs> and I couldn't figure it out. And it, that, that is actually my first Legend of, Legend of Zelda game. And I played it because <laughs> it was just a game that we had at home mm-hmm. that uh, my brother Ben got when he got a 3DS. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, they, they ported it yeah, into 3DS. Yeah. And I played it, and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a really cool boss fight. Oh, man, I beat him. Let's go. I used literally everything. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> turns out, <laughs> turns out I shouldn't have used those, you fool. Bo- those arrows. I shouldn't have used those bombs. Like, oh, are you serious? Please. That's amazing. It sucked. Still, like, <laughs> it was still a great game. Yeah, yeah. That that climax must have been yeah. such an experience. I remember visibly, like, audibly yelling in the car <laughs> when you won when i figured out that was a second boss fight <laughs> i was riding with my brother peter and my parents and i i beat him the first time <laughs> and just... i believe my exact words were are you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> and mom and dad were like what what's going on i was like Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> i don't even try to explain yeah like i had to recover i was like nothing nothing's wrong and then i turned to peter's like I just beat this guy. I had to fight him again. I used everything. <laughs> it is so frustrating. You fail for the classic blunder. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> to be fair to Majora, though, that final boss fight, he also takes different forms. Yeah, I think he has three different phases. Yes, there's, maybe four. there's uh, Majora's Mask, mm-hmm. then it turns into Majora's Incarnation, and then finally Majora's Wrath. Yeah. And... The way he moves, that boss, he moves so creepy. It, it it's like a like what are those puppets with the strings? Marionettes. Marionettes. It's like a weird marionette that Why would like, you know that? I just do, okay. <laughs> Why? It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but it, he moves like a marionette doll that is being controlled by someone who it's so creepy. Like like has like had so many Red Bull and has so much energy and is just running all over the place and he's controlling this puppet and it just runs everywhere. It's so creepy and I I do love it. But again, as I said, I do like Majora's Mask probably a bit more, but I think Orcarina is more important because of the legacy. Mm -hmm. The first 3D Zelda. Yep. It it is put on like a lot of people's list of best game of all time. Mm-hmm. Which and it and it's from uh, it was first released I believe in uh, what Ocarina of Time yes. 1998 1998 yeah that was so it's I'm older than that one too yeah it's <laughs> it's it's an ancient game William it's so old hey you made your point <laughs> but I'm it, not much older than you guys but yeah. it's still 
like it's is okay. a lot of people's favorite game, mm-hmm. which I find both like really like it's really cool that people like it that much, but it's also so interesting because there are so many new games now. Mm. Okay, full disclosure. I think they're both phenomenal games. I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. I actually, like... First of all, how dare you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> You're going to um, make a lot of people angry. Like, Ocarina of Time, I, will, I won't deny it was a revolutionary game. It was a great game as far as story and everything like that. It was too long and too tedious. Like, okay. I, don't, I don't want that instant gratification. <laughs> I want to have to work for what I'm... What, like, the end. But... It was so like you don't want to feel like Sisyphus putting a pushing a boulder uphill and then keeping on having yeah, to great, go great over Greek and over mythology. Again. I can't agree with that. Thank is, you. Everyone's gonna understand it. Yeah. Hey, if I, you don't understand it, look it up. All right, educate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. I can agree with that because I got halfway through the game, and it's kind of true with all Zeldas actually. They take. They I, take some like, time. To in make... Wind Waker, I got like. Let's see. What did I do? I got like. Spirit Ganon, I beat well, Puppet no, Ganon. Pu- no, it wasn't Puppet Ganon. It was the one the for, for uh, Forbidden Fortress, like the Shadow Ganon or something. Okay, yes, I beat him. And I got the Master Sword, and I was going to like to fight Ganondorf or something. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm about to beat the game, <laughs> and then I realized I still got like another five hours left to play. Yeah. I was like, so, oh my goodness, this is... Well, that is the thing. Which I enjoy it so much that I didn't really mind, but I was shocked at how much it was more still, I had to play after I felt like I played for so long. It was still a little like, whoa, are you serious? Yeah. But also, at the at the same time, when we played these games, we were usually... like People who played these games were usually kids mm-hmm. and therefore had a lot more free time <laughs> than we do now. Yeah. yeah. And so, the, so we nowadays, we would like to pick up a game... Like you guys, like League of Legends. Yeah, you have to like set apart like thirty minutes or forty minutes to play it. Yeah, but it's still only thirty or forty minutes. Yeah. Whereas a Zelda game can take it will take hours and hours to to beat it. You can pause, you can walk away for a while, but it takes time to beat it. So, and if it doesn't keep your attention, it does for me. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't keep your attention, if it you're not into that kind of game, mm-hmm. then you will get bored with it. So this is my uh, experience with. Ocarina of Time and both both Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time. So at the time, I wasn't technically allowed to be playing, you know, my you know, 3ds or 2d 2ds at the time. So you were supposed I, to be doing school half the time. Well, actually, um, was supposed to. Well, I was only allowed to play it on vacations, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So there was, I would play it. I'd play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask for like a solid week, you know. Just like out of a week, I'd spend, you know, yeah. upwards of a couple, I would spend a couple hours a day on it and it would be right before I went to bed and I would save until like three, uh, two, three AM, uh, like 1am <laughs> sometimes mm. and then fi- finally go to bed. But there was such a gap between when I played and you when lost I... where you were. Exactly. Yeah. yeah that's a long so, game like that, that is hard. Yeah. So mm. I actually, I think I logged in Ocarina of Time almost 60 hours. Wow. Just to beat it once. Because I couldn't remember where I was where I started out. So, I mean, obviously, that doesn't help my case. That That's one reason why I don't like it that much. Mm-hmm. Some people have bad experiences yeah. with games everyone else likes. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's fine. Our Like, we've talked a lot. Our opinions are subjective to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're, like, everyone is different. Everyone has their own style. And that's true for any franchise, including Zelda. Yeah. 
All right. Now, we've talked about a lot of games. There's one game that has to be brought into the discussion when discussing Nintendo 64 games in general. Mm -hmm. Because this game launched with the system. It was the most sold game on the system with, I believe, 11 million cop over 11 million copies sold <coughs> it has some of the greatest music in the 64 catalog it has great levels it has great uh character to it and that of course is super mario 64 yep this <clears throat> game is iconic right that's should, yeah. is that fair to yeah. say yeah. oh yeah, yeah. For every sure. single platform for essentially. sure this no pun intended for sure uh this game revolutionized the 3d platformer yeah it wasn't the first one it was the first one to do it right it was such a a big deal that this game got made it was so and it's been so important on the way mario games 3d mario games have happened it spawned a genre Mm -hmm. of mario games because before then mario had always been 2d side scrolling yeah yeah and now we have this 3d sandbox mario that now has games like Sunshine, Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Odyssey. And Galaxy. And Galaxy games. It all started with this game. And I think, is it fair to say that this game perhaps is the most important 64 game? I I would agree, um, at least in some areas. I There's no way it can be 100% the most important as far as, like, if you're checking boxes. Because I think, you know... Um, you know, Goldeneye, for example. Obviously, <laughs> Mario is not a shooter. No, <laughs> like, it's, not. <laughs> it's not a first-person shooter. It's a platformer. So, like, obviously, it's less impactful in some areas. But I think overall, collectively, it is, in my opinion, the most impactful game on in the history of video games, in my opinion. Um, other than maybe, like, the very first, like, Asteroids game that was created. Hmm. Right, like the very first like arcade game that was created. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, to be fair, I mean, like Donkey Kong sixty four doesn't happen if you don't already have Super Mario sixty four exactly. first. That 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 like, first thing. Same thing with Banjo and Kazooie. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it. You've got to have that first step where it's like, yeah. okay, we're gonna let people go around a little bit. And Mario sixty four is was the head domino. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They got knocked over exactly. and led to almost. I wanted to say nearly all 3D games, and I feel like that is somewhat of an of yeah. a hyperbole. But at the same time, it's, it is it's, applicable in some yeah. areas. At the same time, I know that Dan Hoser, who was the vice president of Rockstar Games, mm-hmm. who made games like GTA, uh, Grand Theft Auto games, and like Red Dead Redemption, mm-hmm. he said any game company that makes 3D games that says that they did not borrow something from either Mario or Zelda on the 64 is lying. Mm. And I think that's a very fair uh, assumption to make just because it's impossible to have a 3d game without at least, I don't want to say paying homage, but like something riding on the coat. Yeah, exactly. Like, like drawing from that genre, even if they don't know they're doing it. Exactly. Exactly. And as I said earlier, like it's not just the fact that like GoldenEye revolutionized first person shooters, but hasn't aged well. Mm -hmm. I would say Super Mario 64, the graphics don't look great, but and the controls are a little wonky nowadays, but it still is playable. 
I'm yeah. hurt. How, anyone, how could you say those graphics do not look great? The way <laughs> they look just, amazing. The way he just did. Oh. <laughs> and it also is a, it's a solid game itself. It As I said, it has great music with the inside the castle uh, sound. The slide, of course, is now iconic. Yep. Uh, it has so many great songs in there and also great levels with Bomb on Battlefield and mm-hmm. Womp's Fortress. The bosses, the bosses, I have to say, are slightly unoriginal in a way, but they are unique because yeah. they're slightly unoriginal because they're just big versions of the bad guys. Hmm. The The boss of Bomb on Battlefield is King Bomb Bomb, who hmm. is a gigantic Bomb Bomb. The, the boss of Womp's Fortress is okay. King Womp, yeah. who is a gigantic Womp. Mm-hmm. In the Lava yeah. Land, I can't remember the name of the Lava Land, the main boss is the gigantic eyeball that you have to run around in order to shrink it. Like, that makes the bosses somewhat unoriginal, unoriginal but also, like, King, that was King Bomb's first appearance, so he was a new character. To be fair, though, it, it made sense. I mean, if you think about you've got a young a, a younger demographic playing this game and i'm going to fight all the bob bombs to get to the biggest baddest bob bomb i mean it just made sense yeah. you are fighting past all the little guys to get to the biggest baddest yeah. of them yeah. and, and, and i mean unoriginal per, perhaps but at the same time, it made total sense for a yes. bunch of like of, of, of young kids who were just like, I'm going to get past all these little guys to get to the big guy. And mm-hmm. I'm going to take him down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say most of the bosses, though, were, I mean, just they were copies, just bigger. And I did make them pretty easy to beat most of the time. So but I don't think Super Mario 64 was ever meant to be insanely hard. No, I don't think so. I mean, no. like he said, it's a kid's for, game. yeah. But but, it, but an adult can have fun with it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, for example, you have people who are in their thirties doing speed runs. Mm-hmm. Like speed runs of that game are beautiful. Yeah, they're it's a sight to behold for sure. They are amazing. Yeah, I don't understand the skill level that those people have. <laughs> they have no life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Wow. Harsh. No, he totally <laughs> meant it. <laughs> but. It, it's such an important game, but mm-hmm. I will say, I hate TikTok Clock. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a, that a level is... and the Rainbow, the oh, Rainbow Railroad. Was... Is that what it's called? Oh, no, it's not that. But it's the one where you, you ride the carpets. You know, it's it, it's, know it's it was an auto really stroller. confusing. Like yeah, honestly, I, think I know what you're talking. So about. much of sixty four is fast paced. Like you have to go, you're jumping all over the place and you're running here and there. Mm-hmm. Rainbow, the rainbow land, uh, you, it's a, it's a auto scroller. You sit on a carpet and you just kind of ride it and yeah. it takes a long time. And if you die, you have to start all over again. Yeah. So it's less, um, less, I, I, it's less difficult and more just like, are you serious? Yeah. Like uh, it's just so tedious and long. Yeah. But that being said, those are the low points of Mario 64. Yeah, and the high points, and those are some pretty shallow low points. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, I agree. honestly, like the high points very much outweigh mm-hmm. the oh, low yeah. points. Oh yeah, and they actually ported it for the the DS, mm-hmm. Super Mario 64 DS, and it's not better, but it's so much more weird because you get to play as as Yoshi yeah. and, and Wario Yamashi. and Luigi. It's mm. It's such, 
I don't know why they decided to do that, but they did. And I played it a lot. It was a lot of fun to me. But Super Mario 64 was perhaps the most influential game of the 64. Mm-hmm. It was the most popular. It was a launch title. It mm-hmm. was it it sold systems. Yeah. Like see, I don't want to say it's perhaps the most influential. It was the most influential. Yeah. Because if you don't have that ground that ground like level that I baseline. Guess, that baseline 3D animation, that stuff like that. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time isn't a thing. Right? They have to start from brand new. Right? And they could have done that. And if they did that, it would have still been as as cool as it is now. It would have been even cooler because it was it would have been the first game with 3D's uh animation and stuff. But the fact that it was released in what 1994 or 96? It was 96, yeah. Yeah, 96. I almost said 94. Jeez. Um so it was released in 1996, and that's Still pretty substantial, especially for the you know time era it was released in. Mm-hmm. So I would go as far to say that it is the most influential, um, uh, at least Nintendo game, hundred percent. Yeah, at least at least sixty four for sure. And that and that Dan and that quote I used earlier about the vice president of Rockstar Games kind of yeah. simplifies it because he's he yeah. obviously knows what he's talking oh, about. Yeah. He creates these kinds of games. Oh yeah, and those games like you know GTA and red dead redemption specifically red dead redemption those are great games mm-hmm. like he knows what he's talking about this isn't some low level executive at ea games who sucks at his job and makes terrible <laughs> games. sounds like you're speaking from experience oh, hey. for those I, who don't know ea works on a lot of star wars games yep and not all of them are hits <laughs> they were rated the what no least no no, no. Let's, let's not go off company. on this tangent. we'll do a different yep. podcast uh, exclusively about Star Wars. We'll just uh, let you <laughs> rant. I understand. Be the Don't worry. We will rescue Star Wars from them someday. Yeah, I hope. All right, guys. We've talked a lot about a lot of different games, a lot of really great games. Yeah. We have. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Get out. Go now. Uh, but we have to choose a winner. Yep. And. I'm going to pick four games that I think have had the biggest influence and impact on the Nintendo 64, but also gaming as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I'll pick four games and then we're going to vote on which one we think is the best. And hopefully we don't end in a tie. Yeah, <sighs> I hope not. Here's the four games. I'm choosing Super Mario 64 because it revolutionized... 3D games in general, specifically 3D platformers. Mm-hmm. Ocarina of Time from the Zelda series because it it changed fantasy and adventure games since then. And it is and as I said, it's regarded as the best game of video uh, video game of all time by a lot of people. GoldenEye 007. Despite it aging not quite as well, it did solidify how first-person shooters are possible on home consoles. It did earn that cornerstone status. It did. Yeah, it did. It did. And I'm going to go with Mario Party. And I'm not going to choose Mario Party 1, 2, or 3. I'm just going to go with Mario Party on the 64 because I think <laughs> those games revolutionize multiplayer. GoldenEye had multiplayer, but I think the Party series revolutionized multiplayer 
on the Nintendo 64 a bit more. Yeah, specifically like like inner family like multiplayer. Yes. Mm-hmm. That that family is... and friends. Exactly, exactly. So those are my four games. Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, GoldenEye 007, and the Mario Party trilogy. And we're going to go going to go around and you vote for which one you think should be the winner. Nathan. It's so hard cuz they're all they're all really really great games. Um but I think the one that I would have to go with is probably Ocarina of Time. And I am biased to Zelda. I am a huge Zelda fan, you know. So I am kind of biased. But to me, it was more fun than 64, Mario 64. And I mean, that was a great game, but I just had a more fun playing Zelda than all the other games. Which is fair. Having what you have more fun with totally is okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I was to suggest a game to someone to go play now that they you know they don't know what the 64 is, they never heard of any of these games, that would be the one game I would choose. You monster. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like I said, I am biased. Everyone is allowed to have their opinion, Daniel. I am biased towards Zelda. I love... Some people probably really like that you have to buy loot crates from ba- in the Battlefront uh, games. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> Not Star Wars. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I am biased to Zelda, but by far, that was my favorite game to play out of those four. And I think that... I, I mean, obviously, it started what is, I think, Nintendo's biggest franchise now. It could yeah, be argued I, you know, that it is. I think it is bigger than Mario now. I know Mario 64 revolutionized 3D, mm-hmm. and it's, I know, I'll give it that. That's amazing for it. You know, it's a really great game. But just, I think, for personal preference, I would have to go with Ocarina of Time. Fair enough. Quinn? For me, it would be Mario 64 because, like you were saying, it just kind of started off the 3D gaming platform and stuff. And I personally never played any Zelda games, so. I don't really know exactly what they're <laughs> about and everything. So maybe if I've played Ocarina, I would say something different, but I haven't. So for me, it'd be Mario 64. All right. William? I've flip-flopped a couple times now. Uh, just, okay. I feel that Mario Party really set the ground standard for multiplayer in general. and And, and honestly... They had a uh, over the like okay multiplayer up to that point was limited to like arcade games for the most part. You'd have like two people with a with a couple of control yeah. sticks, and this was all of a sudden you had this ability to expand out with to, four like, people, nonetheless. Four yeah. people previously for, it had only been two. Yeah, yeah, for long periods, not just like a quick bout. Yeah, but at the same time, I feel like it would be a disservice to uh, Mario sixty four to count it out just because that was the starting point. Mm -hmm. And on one hand you do, I I think all of them have their contribution, but none of them exist without Mario 64 to an extent. I mean, it didn't have, um, well, it may not have had the same uh, multiplayer impact. Mario 64 was what got the the N64 going mm-hmm, to start. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um and the I feel like our other our other options with the exception of Mario Party 
the three like the 3d and everything I, they all kind of draw from mario 64 i i i really kind of want to go with mario party but i think i'm gonna put my vote to mario 64 all right daniel so for me it's a toss-up between mario 64 and goldeneye um i very much enjoy the first person shooter genre um i'm a huge halo fan uh I don't play Call of Duty that much, but it's still fun. You know, I'm, I love Overwatch and games like that. And I think Goldeneye has really contributed substantially to um, the first-person shooter genre as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. substantially. And it helped create the third-person shooter because exactly. the, the first-person shooter started is what shooter games were, and then the third-person shooter came after. Exactly, exactly. And I will counterpoint to William's point here um I think the only thing that as uh, I think the only thing that Goldeneye drew on from Mario 64 would be the art like that the, the animation I think that's it um and I'm gonna rule out I'm, I'm ruling out entirely Ocarina of Time not just because I just like the game <laughs> <laughs> a little be- bit because you just like the game that, that is a little bit um, but because it serves a very niche genre, like this is not a, like it's widely known as, oh, this is a, this is a great game, but the people who actually play it are avid fans. It's not like very rarely and it, 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 until at least, uh, Breath of the Wild with a switch. Mm-hmm. Every Zelda fan has played Ocarina of Time. Not every person who's played Ocarina of Time is a Zelda fan. Exactly. Exactly. So, um... I think until Breath of the Wild, like the Legend of Zelda fans, it was a very niche, like kind of group. It, it was it, it was large for sure, but it wasn't as large as I think people think. I think they just set, seem large because they have the biggest voice. <laughs> All right. Um, and Mario Party, I think, is a great option just because of the multiplayer. But that's it. It's just multiplayer. And how dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm your ride. I know. <laughs> I know. I better, discussion in the car. Yeah. You might better, want to take uh, the microphone with you. <laughs> I better be careful here. Um, I think I'll have to go with six, Mario 64, even though I thoroughly enjoy um, the first person shooter genre and what Goldeneye has done for that genre. I think that it is impossible to look at any new game like the CEO of Rockstar uh, said, Rockstar Gaming said, like, I think it's impossible to look at any game that has come out after um, Mario other than maybe Street Fighter, like the 2D Street Fighter games and say like, oh, well, we didn't draw on that at all. No, 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 you 100% drew on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no way you didn't look at that and be like, well, they did this. Well, this is a kind of cool way to do it. Like, it, I, I think it's physically impossible to do a single game nowadays and not draw on at least a little bit um, Mar- Mario 64 or, unfortunately, Ocarina of Time. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm going with Mario 64. All right. So either way, that solidifies it with three votes. I will say my vote just because when it comes to choosing which is the most important in the, mo- in the best game, this comes to my mind what game if no one had ever played any 64 game ever what game would i tell them is worth playing Mm. and i love mario party 
I love GoldenEye. I love Ocarina of Time. I think I like Ocarina of Time more than Mario 64. But Super Mario 64 was a revolutionary game. Ocarina of Time was too. I like it more. But Super Mario 64 was so important. Yeah. And it was so... It, it impacted gaming as a whole. And just show how much of an influence it has... Many times when I talk about 64 games, I just refer to Super Mario 64 as 64. And people know what I'm talking about, which is mm. odd because so many mm. Nintendo 64 games have 64 in the name. Donkey Kong 64, Star Fox 64, they mm. all have it. But when I say 64, to a lot of people, they know what I'm talking about. And I think that kind of solidifies its place and so, even though it was already locked in, and although I do like Ocarina more because I like Zelda more, mm. I have to give my vote to Super Mario 64. And so, Su Super Mario 64 is the winner of the best Nintendo 64 games. Well done, guys. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. It was a lot of fun. We went longer than I thought we were going to, but I, it was so interesting. Honestly, I... I, I... I was sure I was going to go with Super Mario Party, and then we got to the end, and I was like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I changed my mind like seven different times during this. I Honestly, do, do want to... I almost picked Goldeneye for one reason, and that was just because... Um, you play Halo. Well, not I just play Halo, but um, Super Mario 64... Oh, no, it's not Super Mario. Mario 64, um, it's just single player. There is no multiplayer. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Honestly, that though, I, think that I was going to say Donkey Kong just because it was a single player and a multiplayer. Yeah, exactly. That was another... I was I, thinking uh, that, but... Yeah. Damn. But I think 60, Mario 64 is undoubtedly the best option here. I, I do want to point out just to anyone who's listening, we did our best, I think, to be objective and listen to everyone. Mm -hmm. But of course, these are our opinions. We are not gaming developers or experts. We are gamers. <laughs> We're a bunch of filthy casuals. <laughs> that is 100% true. So so do not let our opinions change yours if you think differently. But after discussing these games, we think that it comes down to Super Mario 64. Uh, before we sign off, though, again, th I want to thank you guys for coming. Uh, thank you to anyone who's listening. Does anyone want to plug anything for... Hey. Uh, yo, I stream on Twitch. Yeah, so, Daniel's got a Twitch channel. Yeah, let's go. Revitalize. Yeah, so uh, my name is How Revitalize. Spell that? It's by, uh, spelled capital R E V, and then the first I is replaced with the letter, the number one, the letter one. <laughs> the <laughs> it's late. It's late. It's late. Yeah, there it's been here for a yeah, while. So it's capital R E V one T A L I Z E, and then so it would be twitch.tv slash revitalize. All right, cool. Check well, him out. Yeah. yeah, you should. He's a cool guy. <laughs> He's a cool guy who's a cool guy. And sometimes he plays with me. Yeah, but who is another cool guy? <laughs> Why, thank you. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Yep. So there you have it. Of all that the Nintendo 64 had to offer... Super Mario 64 is the victor. But there are other battles to be fought, and more opportunities for champions to rise above the rest. Thank you for listening, and join us 
in the next episode of In This Corner. <laughs>